102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. That's call or text. If you text, you get a smiley face emoji back in no time. Uh, if you want to react, respond, or follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, that's easy. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post comments, and you should, it is quite, <laughs> it's quite a mix. A pretty amazing mix, actually. Just sort of stumbled into a lot of this stuff. It's, it's a good day. Uh, at Jeff Ward Show, please get to the point. Don't suck. Make the show better. If you would like to check out the show podcast, subscribe to it. We do it every afternoon. We drop the podcast every afternoon. You can find the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcast. You can also check out the YouTube channel as well. We drop that each afternoon. Subscribe to the Jeff Ward Show YouTube channel. Uh, it's never a bad day. <sighs> Got to pace ourselves a little bit, okay? Just have to pace ourselves. It's never a bad day. When I can announce, play clips of, and laugh at a singing group called the MAGA 8. It's, yes, it's real. Of course it is. And they look exactly like you would think. The MAGA 8. Coming to a performing arts center near your small town. Uh, I got to talk about and play one of the greatest coaches rants of all time, and what's amazing is that it, I guess there's just so much going on that it stayed under the radar, but this one is, uh, this is an epic comeback. It really is handled masterfully, and he doesn't stop. He goes on and on and on. Uh, for whatever reason, I guess it shouldn't be that surprising. Also, Bill Belichick got some love from none other than Donald Trump. That should help his cause a lot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers goes on a hippie anti-Fauci rant. He's challenging people to a debate. He and his buddy, RFK Jr., want to debate anytime, anywhere over vaccines. And I'll tell you why. I've done this before. Um, it comes off a little nerdy, but I think I can make a decent argument here. I can tell you why this uh, the shove play that the Philadelphia Eagles have used so masterfully they call it now the brotherly shove, the tush-push, whatever you want to call it. It's worked over 90% of the time. And there's two big points to this. One, why more people, more teams aren't doing it. Turns out they are. Two, um, why, it should be, why it should be outlawed. Uh, I, I, I have no problem making the case. And you need this thing outlawed. I don't mean outlawed. Uh, against the rules. At every level of football, you need it done pretty soon. Because if you don't look out, this is what you're going to be watching more often than not. All right? But I better start with uh, Cowboys face painters in panic mode. Panic. Don't panic yet. So this week, of course, the grandfather of the Cowboys, the man with the plastic face, Jerry Jones, decided to start talking and talking and talking about his team. Uh, he went back and forth. He was... At times delusional, at times he was the ultimate salesman. You know, he just tried to make the argument that things are going to be just fine. They're not. 
I don't know that they're quite as awful as some people think yet. Then his son, who I think said the right things, was asked and has been asked, and it's going to just pick up steam. So the Cowboys did one of the dumber things that I think, as a management team, one of the dumber things I think I've witnessed in a while, they went out and traded for, traded for, a guy that was basically on Craigslist for the San Francisco 49ers. He was their third-string quarterback. He was the guy they traded up in the draft to get, Trey Lance. I've never seen a team make a deal, have to make a deal, give away draft capital to get a third-string quarterback, but the Cowboys did that. And it was dumb on a number of levels. One, you didn't have to. The guy really was on Craigslist. There was nobody trying to get him. He was an eyelash away from just being done with football. And, and the 49ers made it very clear. You know, we moved up to get the guy. He's not going to play. That's the way it's going to be. We just we have no plans for him. And so they did the right thing and said, hey, bud, go find somewhere else. Little did they know they would find, you know, like you have the free desk sitting outside your house. You put free on it. The Cowboys said, I'll pay you for it. Wait, sir, it's free. No, I'm going to pay you for it. Well, okay, you fool, I'll take it. That's what the Cowboys did. Fast forward, when things go wrong for Dallas, everything is blamed on Dak Prescott. He was awful the other night. He was awful. Their whole team was awful. They got their face kicked in. They were run off the field by the 49ers, who are flat out better than Dallas in every single way. But immediately, the focus is, it's all Dak Prescott's fault. Some of it was. So then, of course, I'm thinking the re- one of the many reasons why dealing for Trey Lance was dumb is that it starts drama when there was no drama necessary. The owner of the Cowboys lives in a state of drama. The franchise is surrounded by drama. What they didn't need, given the fact that they paid Dak Prescott, they didn't need the drama of people saying, well, when's that guy going to play? Well, sure enough... After Dallas got rolled by the 49ers, the questions have started. Well, when are you going to play that guy? Why not play that guy? Why not play your third-string quarterback? I'm going to say this, that I think Stephen Jones, the son of Jerry Jones, who also does radio shows, that's not a good idea, did a good job of saying, we got our guy. We got our guy. Don't need to hear it. Not making the moves. Not happening. We got our guy. That's the right thing to say right now. Jerry Jones, who rarely says the right things right now, he usually says all of the wrong things all the time. Jerry Jones even did the right thing, and I'm talking about just minimizing the dumpster fire of drama. This week, even though they never have a plan, this week the plan for the Cowboys should be do what you can to minimize drama. Jerry Jones said, Dak Prescott's my guy. It's the right thing to say right now. Notice how many times I've said right now, because while there's no reason to panic right now, by Tuesday, there might be a reason to panic. Here you go. Telling Cowboys fans to not panic is impossible. You live in a state where you're delusional. It's like Texas fans. Always better than you always think you're better than you really are. And everything is far worse than it really is. So it's not an easy thing to say. Don't panic. But I'm going to say, don't panic. But then I'm going to say, not yet. Why not panic after getting drilled 42 to 10 by a team you were chasing for the top seed? Here's the answer. You accept where you are. 
and you don't panic yet. The top two spots are out. Okay, let it go, move on, stop. Uh, I'm surprised it's turned this way, but don't panic yet. Should the Cowboys face painters panic at all? Again, the answer is not yet. But on Tuesday, you may need to start. Then you'll know. Then everything I've just said, every small compliment I've just paid it, I paid to the management team, the Jones family of the Cowboys, I'll take back. So everything's okay and cool, and you're sort of still on course, and the mission should still be the same, but on Tuesday, you can start to panic. You can freak out. He'll freak out. He may not wake up from drinking. I don't mean that in the worst kind of way, but he may not wake up from drinking. Tuesday might be time to panic. Here's the setup for the Cowboys. Uh, Still one of the four best rosters in the NFC. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, I'm just telling you as a football scientist that has no feeling whatsoever that it's still one of the four best rosters in the NFC. It has a, at times, a great defense, a usually a borderline great defense. It has a good quarterback. I stop there. Just good. Good enough sometimes. And a very good kicker. Okay? It has the elements... And has had the elements for a deep playoff run. The 42 to 10 ass kicking by the 49ers was a brutal reminder that Dallas has no chance to get a top two seed and a playoff bye. If, get ready, if the dangerous Chargers always qualify this because most people pay no attention to the Chargers. The Chargers are almost as nondescript as the Texans. Nobody knows and nobody cares. But I can tell you they have several dangerous players, including one of the best, five best young quarterbacks in football today. Their coach is an idiot, though. So you don't have to worry too much because he'll screw everything up. But it's a dangerous Chargers team, and Dallas plays them on Monday night. If the Chargers beat the Cowboys on Monday night, I don't think it happens. I wouldn't bet that it happens, but I have no idea what kind of psychological state they're in. Okay? A 42 to 10 ass kicking when you think it's your measurement game is is pretty traumatic. So I don't know how you you fix that. So I don't know what you're going to see on Monday night. But if they were to lose on Monday night, freak out. Panic, freak out, do all the stupid things. Management's going to go nuts. Everything is in shambles. Okay? Uh, Call for the coach to be fired. I don't think it'll be outrageous on Tuesday if the Cowboys lose again. It'll be just fine. In fact, I think he gets fired before Thanksgiving if Dallas loses on on Monday night. Run around with your hands up in the air panicking like SpongeBob if Dallas loses on Monday night. There's no reason for it to happen. But if it does... The reason is psychological, and it could be the start of a free fall. That's my analysis of the psyche of the Dallas Cowboys right now. I don't know it, but you could see how it could be damaged. You could see how one more bad night starts a free fall. They're not exactly an organization with a really solid compass, right? I mean, they're talented, really talented. But there's no, you don't really feel like there's a direction. You don't really feel like, uh, it's not like Jerry Jones is Winston Churchill and just going to walk in the building and fix stuff. I don't think he's taking anybody to a better place. In fact, I think the old man freaks out. So Dallas will make the playoffs. 
Uh, but another loss. The only reason they'll make it is because the bottom falls out of the rest of the NFC. Okay? So if you're planning for the worst, the upside is the rest of the NFC sucks. So even if Dallas were to find some sort of free fall, dumpster fire, total mess, uh, pointing fingers, all the stuff that likely happens, the rest of the NFC is bad enough to keep them in the playoffs. Now, I don't think that's enough for anybody to keep their job. So Philadelphia, Seattle, Detroit, Tampa Bay, and Dallas, name another team in the NFC that's playoff worthy. Right? The bottom falls out really fast, shockingly fast. So that's the upside, even if things go wrong on Monday night. Uh, The measuring stick, I think, for Dallas is playing for an NFC championship. I said that last year. I said it this summer. And it really still should be the case. It should. That that is a roster that should be playing for the NFC Championship. I know they're light years away from it right now, but that's that's how they should be measured. Anything less than that, mumbling Mike is fired. Okay? And he should be. And then I think you gotta start asking yourself about is Dak Prescott worth forty six million dollars a year? I think a lot of questions are on the table if that if and when that Dallas team does not make the NFC championship. And they don't make the NFC Championship game if they lose on Monday night. Oh, they'll be a playoff team. They're not going to see the NFC Championship game. Um, One and done in the playoffs, they're a total disaster. The owner's face cracks. The coach is gone. Um, It is management chaos. But Dallas has left on their schedule... This is why Monday, even though it seems nondescript and it doesn't seem like it matters a great deal, it does. I think it matters a lot more than people realize just to figure out if a talented team can find itself again. Okay, And so once they get the Chargers on the road, which doesn't matter much in the NFL these days, they then get the Rams, the Eagles twice. You're doing well to split those, right? The Eagles twice, Seattle, who's better than Dallas, and you know, Seattle's like a version of Dallas that's just better than Dallas because it's smarter than Dallas and it's better run than Dallas. <laughs> that's what Dallas should look like. They should look like Seattle, but they can't because they're kind of crazy. But Dallas gets uh, the Chargers, Rams, Eagles twice, Seattle, and then on consecutive weeks, the Bills in de- mid-December in Buffalo... That's going to be good. (laughs) That'll go well. Uh, Another road game the next week against Miami. And then the Lions in Dallas before they finish the regular season at Washington. A loss. Now you see what I'm setting up here. Right? There's talent. It's just the ability to sort of rein rein it in. Don't panic. Win on Monday night and get yourself right. If they don't you can easily start to see a 7-8 loss season. That becomes a reality because stuff gets away from them really quickly. Jeff, are you telling us to panic? I just started by saying, don't panic. Most of the stuff is still pretty good. You're not in a great spot. You're underachieving. But, but, you're a pretty decent playoff team as you stand there today. So right now, don't panic. You lose on Monday night, 
Remember that SpongeBob analogy? Remember, was it Spo- yeah, SpongeBob would run around. So I, I never liked my kids to watch SpongeBob because it was loud. I liked it, but it was loud. Particularly the box episode where they kept looking in the box. It was like an acid trip. But a loss on Monday night, you throw your hands up, you run around and scream wildly like SpongeBob. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. All right, I mentioned the... (laughs) On Twitter, you can reach out. You're going to want to. I know it. I know it already. Uh, Do with it whatever you want. You you can't screw this up. I mean, there's no way I can get in your way. Uh, You can be as mean-spirited as you want. I think there's also people that might even argue, hey, Jeff, that's... The manga eight are pretty good. Okay. You do with it whatever you want. So let me set this up for you. It is the Right Side Broadcasting Network. Jeff, it seems like you mention them fairly often now. I do. They really make me laugh. They're, <laughs> they exist to provide live coverage of Trump events. That's it. Now, I've not taken the time to watch multiple segments. I have no idea what those advertisers look and sound like. I'm not even sure I want to know, and I don't even know if they exist. But the Right Side Network is live somewhere in Florida, of course. Of course. I mean, look, if it's not the panhandle of Texas in nutcases, it's going to be somewhere in Florida in nutcases. So there they are. They follow the team around, the loving team of Trump and the, uh, the neck-bearded sons. And Right Side Broadcasting gives you non-stop, non-stop coverage of MAGA events. So... When I, I read feedback about the MAGA 8, it's a real name, by the way, and most of the feedback was, wow, they're really good. I didn't think so, but maybe you do. I mean, a lot of people online seem to think they're good, but then again, they may be people that are, you know, just like anything with MAGA on it. So I believe there's the introduction. Uh, the group takes the stage. This will shock you. It's a bunch of white people. I'm not going to shock you. First of all, the stage is a bunch of white people. Just want to let you know. But this is the start of some event, some MAGA event, and the retired announcer introduces your new favorite band, the Osmonds of 2023, with Donnie Osmond on the lead, the MAGA 8. At this point, I'd like to ask Randy Lundy and the MAGA 8 band to come forward and sing our national anthem. Singing air, 
Okay, don't stop. Okay, keep going. I love that guy. Man, you know. Oh, you know that dude. That old dude that announced him, the MAGA 8 band. You know that guy was like on 1060 AM, conservative voice, Jacksonville. You know that. He hosted a show there for 40 years. He's middays on Jacksonville's 1080 AM. Lead in was Bill O'Reilly. Well, I don't know. Some people thought it was good. I just like the... Can I just hear the old dude introduce him again? I just, I love him. I'd like to ask Randy Lundy and the MAGA 8 band to come forward and sing our national anthem. Nothing about choir. Absolutely nothing. If you want to say, can you do any better, Jeff? I'm going to say, hell no. But you know what I wouldn't do? That. <laughs> Their name is the MAGA 8. <laughs> Uh, okay, so here's my amateur observation about choir. Could somebody tell her to back up? You know, the other white lady at the front. Right? Isn't that, is that choir experts? Is that not a problem? I mean, is she not... Is that the way it's supposed to be? That's not what the Osmonds didn't do it that way. They didn't do it like that at all. That's not what Merrill Osmond would do. Let me hear the old dude again. You know, he's, he's retired from 1060 AM, The Right Talk in Jacksonville. At this point, I'd like to ask Randy Lundy and the MAGA 8 band to come forward and sing our national anthem. Hmm. Decide for yourself. Love it, hate it, I don't know. You like the name? By the way, it's not a band there, a knucklehead. It's just a group of... Osmond-looking middle-aged adults and one lady that's really, really loud. All right, Yahoo Sports had a story today about the Eagles. Uh, there's a bunch of names for it. I don't like any of it. Didn't like it the first time I saw it, and I'm going to argue that it really needs to stop because it's going to catch on, and you're going to wish it didn't catch on. The Yahoo Sports story calls it the brotherly shove the Eagles' brotherly shove has been unstoppable, but should it be outlawed? Yes, it should. And I'm going to tell you why. And you need to want it to be outlawed now. It was considered, but even the competition committee of the NFL, which is very smart. Remember, the NFL smart, college football dumb. The NFL innovative, college football not innovative. The NFL wants to put on a great show. College football wants to make old coaches happy. I'm shocked the NFL didn't do anything about it this past year. And the head of the rules committee even said, I, I didn't think it would catch on like this. We really thought it was kind of a fad thing. And yeah, to be honest, we probably should have stepped in. So they're going to step in and they better. And every level of football should stop this. Uh, is it successful? Absolutely. 
it's ridiculously successful. Would you do it? I think most of you would say yes. So it's the shove play, okay? And if you haven't seen it before, it goes like this. Um, and I can set up a perfect scenario for a lot of Texas fans. Uh, the Eagles are in a short yarded situation. Could be as much as fourth. It could be as much as two yards. I think they've done it successfully. Pulled it off with even three yards for a first down. They get in a short yarded situation. All the linemen are foot to foot. Those are called splits. They're typically you know anywhere from six inches to a foot, depending on the setup. They're foot to foot. And then they load up the backfield. There's a quarterback under center. There are two or three people just each side of the center. Okay? So there are three people in the backfield. They're not looking to run the ball. They're looking to push the quarterback. Quarterback takes the snap. In this case, it's Jalen Hurts, who's very strong anyway. Success-wise, it's brilliant. Snap the ball to him. He starts lunging forward, and he's right behind the center. He's super strong. Apparently he squats like, I don't know, like six or 700 pounds. And then the guys behind him just start shoving the pack. Kansas State has started doing this with a guy in the backfield that weighs 318 pounds. He's not blocking. He's pushing the ball carrier forward. So... The guy has the ball, and the people behind him start pushing him forward. Now, the defense, of course, you're going to say, well, can't they do something about it? Well, yeah, they can try to push back. They can try. They usually lose. So it's been incredibly successful. Um, Here's the story about it. The Eagles converted 90% of their sneaks. That's what this is. It's a quarterback sneak. On their way to a Super Bowl appearance, you know, by every measurement, they they probably should have won the Super Bowl. Uh, They actually, I think, outplayed Kansas City in that game. Uh, They were successful on 12 of 13. They've been successful 12 of 13 times this season. There was a two two failed attempts on third and three and fourth and two last Sunday uh, against the Rams. Now think about this. Go back to the Texas-Oklahoma game. Arguably the most important series of the game was Texas with a first and goal from the Oklahoma two-foot line. The fourth play of that series, what did Texas do? Threw the ball sideways, and the player was stopped short of the goal line. Texas had four attempts inside the one and did not score. Should they have done the shove? Yeah. Had they done the shove four times, would it have worked? I would think so. You know, it's, um, it's dumb in every level of football. You know what they don't do in the NFL? They don't back up three to five yards and take a snap. So they figured out in the NFL what high school and college teams don't seem to quite understand, that you, know, you really have further to go the deeper you are in the backfield. So it's not a good idea. But then again... Most colleges and high schools don't take a snap under center. In the NFL, they do. They, they have to because you have to get the ball out quickly. The NFL also knows Tom Brady was doing this long before the shove. And that is, if it's fourth and short, he's under center and he's doing a quarterback sneak. It's the easiest and most effective way to get two feet, Texas. The least effective way to get two feet is to snap the ball back in your backfield. The next most ineffective way to do it is throw it sideways. So you do the shove, 
you're going to convert. I don't know why more teams are not doing it, but apparently it's catching on. I saw a few clips of high school teams doing it. I've seen Kansas State do it. And now I think it's starting to catch on. People have figured out what to do. There's no real defense for it. It's not rocket science. You get enough big, strong people pushing your quarterback forward. That's the play. It's really that simple. Why should it be outlawed? All right, I'll tell you why. Um, So it's successful. Call it whatever you want. Here's the reason why it should be outlawed. One, it's not entertaining. Okay? It should matter. That should matter. It's not entertaining. I don't think anybody... And now, people might stop and say, oh, here it comes. It's not entertaining, first of all. It's just not. It's not what you want to watch. And what we want to watch is what matters. That's what the NFL makes rules for, what we watch. College football should make rules for what we watch. There's that. I mean, that that should be primary on everything. Uh, Secondly, though, the game is made up by a ball carrier advancing the ball. Not nine other people carrying the ball carrier advancing the ball. That's not advancing the ball. That's not outmaneuvering somebody to get yards. That's not trying to get to the goal line. That is the entire team just playing like it's a dump truck. It has nothing to do with the ball carrier. The ball carrier is not doing anything. In fact, he's like a mosh pit. This is a lower version of a mosh pit. So it's sort of it's really counter to what the whole concept of a ball carrier is. We've taken that away. Well, you could say, well, how different is it than the quarterback sneak? Well, I'll tell you what, it's different. Um, the quarterback sneak is trying to advance the ball. This is a pile of people trying to advance a human being in a pile. It's a scrum. It's not a football play. It's not. Um, And I don't think anybody wants to see it. I don't think it is. Is it unfair? I don't know that it's not necessarily unfair. But it's not what the game is. It's not what it's about. I mean, it's like like saying you're going to lift somebody up to go dunk a basketball. When you have the ball yourself, do something with it. This is not doing, this is not a ball carrier doing anything with the ball. This is not a ball carrier making any sort of movement whatsoever. It's a bunch of fat people trying to carry the person through the mosh pit. And it needs to stop. It needs to stop at every level of football. Uh, somebody got hurt the other day. I don't know that it's necessarily uh, an incredibly dangerous play. I, I certainly wouldn't want to be in there. You know what they tell the defensive players? They, they basically put their nose in the turf. Their face mask is in the turf. They're not using their hands against an offensive player. There's no technique to it. They stick their head down. So when they think the play is coming, you get as many fat butts as you can. I'm not kidding. And you have them stick their nose down in the turf to muck things up. Then you have a couple people behind that just try to start shoving themselves. So it's a mosh pit. It's a low-level, I mean lower-to-the-ground level of mosh pit, and it needs to stop. It's it's, It's not really football. It's not entertaining. I think it's unfair to all the things that go on in offensive football. Not that the quarterback sneak is entertaining, but at least the quarterback is doing something with the ball. Brady was famous for 
using his long arms, and he was really kind of a master at sticking the ball out. And people try to defend it, and he would take a step back and pause and look how to advance the ball to get the first down. It was really kind of brilliant. This isn't even that. This is you snap the ball to a guy who leans into other people, and then a bunch of other people carry him. You wouldn't really think it's that entertaining if a ball carrier was about to cross the goal line and three other people picked him up and carried him through the end zone. That'd be pretty stupid. That's what this is. It's not, it's, it's not a football play at all. I don't fault anybody for coming up with it, but I am worried now that, that you're going to see it in some peewee version of football, which takes no skill whatsoever. You're already starting to see it in high school football. I can't believe you're not seeing it more in college, but the college coaches are too stupid to even think of it. So I don't think you should like it. And I think the NFL, I'm shocked they didn't do something about it in the offseason. And I'm going to be shocked if this thing is hanging around a year from now. Bottom line is you shouldn't want it. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. All right, the phone numbers. You heard the smoker voice, 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. On Twitter, it's, or X, whatever it's called this week, at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, Here we go. (laughs) At Jeff Ward Show. Jeff, I seem to remember that you can legally push the ball carrier forward, but you can't pull them forward. I wonder why they allow you to push him, but you can't pull him. A quick Google confirmed the rule exists, but said it's rarely called. It's this, yeah, it's the same concept. I mean, by definition, the ball carrier is supposed to do something with the ball, okay, on, on his own. This is nothing to do with the ball carrier. You know, for a game, the NFL, I'm going to forget college football, which is myopic and bureaucratic and stuffy and just not very, not very entertaining. Um, but for a game that is built on constantly tweaking things to make it better for offense, this is not good for the game. This is not good for the viewer. It's not good for the game. It's not good for anybody except it's unbelievably effective. And it's unfair. It's not a ball carrier beating the defender. It's not. I mean, it's just, it's no good. I don't know why, I don't know why anyone wants to fight me on this. I really don't know. Except the argument, look, if you, if, I don't know why someone like, I mean, I, well, actually, I do know why. Colleges, because they, these kids coming out of high school never take a snap under center. They drop half of them. So the, so the idea of being close to the line of scrimmage doesn't exist in football anymore, except in the NFL. It's idiotic to be deep in the backfield when you need to go two feet. It's idiotic. But they don't know any other way. So, I, I mean, Texas, you give four snaps of shoving the ball carrier. There's no reason to think that Texas would not have scored against Oklahoma from the two-foot line after four downs. I don't care if you do it four times. I'm willing to bet you'd score. And it'd be a different game. But um, I don't think it should be legal. I've made my argument. And I don't think any of you want to see it. At Jeff Ward Show. Come on, Jeff. Talk about trout fishing. Or unreviewable calls. Or just drink wine and comment on the bouquet. But leave the deplorables alone. They're good folk. 
hmm, I would love to talk about trout fishing and wine at the same time, and no one would listen. But you need me to leave the deplorables alone. <laughs> I can't. When you're MAGA 8, the band, you're called the band even though there's no band, I can't leave that alone. No way. Uh, this is one of the better... I don't even know if it's a rant. Um, it's just really well done. James Franklin's the head coach at Penn State. Been successful for some time. They're undefeated. Um, I, I don't think they're better than Michigan or Ohio State, but they're good. And... He is, he sits there, he's doing a news conference. I think some people are live, well, everyone's live. Some people are in person, some people are on Zoom, blah, blah, blah. He's sitting there patiently staring ahead. And to his credit, he listens to the entire question. He doesn't interrupt. He doesn't raise his voice. And it's just an epic comeback. Good afternoon, James. Hey, Corey. A follow-up to what uh, you were just asked there about Drew. Is there a balance, though, between, hey, we need you to throw the ball deep no matter Just take a shot. Don't, don't overthink it. Take a shot. We need to see it. We're going to call it. And, and we need you to get some confidence in doing this as opposed to even giving a young quarterback the chance to say, hey, just check it down if, if, if it's not there. I, I don't really understand what you're saying because we would never like I'm like my skin is curling when you say just drop back and chuck it deep no matter what like like that is like I, I don't even know what you're I don't know what you're saying it's like you're speaking like from just send a guy on a post pattern take the shot throw it no matter what give your receiver a chance to make a play on a ball uh, even if he might be covered. 30 yards down the field, maybe you think he'll be open 45 yards down the field and, and like Godwin did or with Jahan or KJ. We, you, we've you, ne- we, like, like, I still don't, like, you're speaking Japanese. Like, <laughs> like we, we have never done that. Just throw the ball up and maybe he'll be open and maybe he'll catch. Like, my skin is like, like, my, I'm, I, I'm, like you're making me uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So okay. yeah, we 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 would not do that. We would never do that. We've never thought about doing that as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a receivers coach. I coached the receivers. I didn't want them to do that. Um, so no, no, strong no. Like yeah. <laughs> He never changed expression either. It was great. Um, it was just great. What was the guy asking him that that started this? I mean, I he tried. He was trying to say something. I think a lot of fans and media want to see it. You want to see guys chunk a deep ball, okay? And. I think he just said why he should have said why don't you throw it deep more often? Now I think the coach's answer would have been because we're covered up. Okay, then the follow up is coach, does that mean you're not getting separation or is the quarterback not seeing receiver? That that's the way it should have transpired instead of the idiotic examples that he gave. I, I just I love the whole exchange. I don't fault 
either one of them, really. I, I, I think the reporter could have done a much better job of explaining you know, why he wanted to know why that team doesn't throw deep more often, which I suspect is what this whole thing was about. Um, but, you know, whatever. I, I, was, it, was, was it rude by James Franklin? I don't know. I, I don't know that I think it was rude at all. I don't know what he meant when he said his skin curls. That shouldn't happen, sir. All right, play play, play it again. It's just, uh, it's just, it's too good. Afternoon, James. Hey, Corey. A follow-up to what uh, you were just asked there about Drew. Is there a balance, though, between, hey, we need you to throw the ball deep no matter, just take a shot. Don't, don't overthink it. Take a shot. We need to see it. We're going to call it. And we need you to get some confidence in doing this as opposed to even giving a young quarterback the chance to say, hey, just check it down if, if, if it's not there. I, I don't really understand what you're saying because we would never. Like, I'm like, my skin is curling when you say just drop back and chuck it deep no matter what. Like, like that is like, I, I don't even know what you're, I don't know what you're saying. It's like you're speaking like from Mars. Just send the guy in a post pattern, take the shot, throw it. No matter what. Give your receiver a chance to make a play on a ball. Uh, even if he might be covered 30 yards down the field, maybe you think he'll be open 45 yards down the field and, and like Godwin did or with Jahan or KJ. We, you, we've you, ne- we, like, like I still don't like you're speaking Japanese. Like, like we, we have never done that. Just throw the ball up, and maybe he'll be open, and maybe he'll catch. Like my skin is like, like my, I'm, my I'm, like you're making me uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So okay. yeah, we 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 would not do that. We would never do that. We've never thought about doing that as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a receivers coach. I coached the receivers. I didn't want them to do that. Um, so no, no. Strong, no. Like, yeah. No. (laughs) Uh, There's no yelling. He's just staring straight ahead, calmly staring straight ahead. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. My skin's curling. No, coach, don't say that. What do you mean, by the way? I wish the guy would have said, what do you mean speaking from Mars? I'm on Zoom, man. What are you talking about? I wish he would have gone back and forth. What are you talking? I don't know. What are you talking about? Your skin's curling? What does that mean? I wish the whole thing would have just gone back and forth in some kind of bizarre comedy bit. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.